Hi everybody, thanks for joining me on Fuel Radio. My guest today is Roberta Hughes. Roberta is the founder and lead instructor at Peaceful Living, a boutique hybrid studio that conveys a delicate and personalized peaceful living instruction through customized Pilates, meditation, and yoga classes. Peaceful Living grants clients a way to filter out life's pressures through a delicate and highly personalized approach through its live streams and on-demand classes. Its nurturing and customized approach guides clients who desire to change their relationship with stress. I really enjoyed my conversation with Roberta, and I hope you do too. Now please help me welcome Roberta Hughes. I will have introduced you, but I'd love to hear more about your story. It seems to me like you've made a, a bit of a shift along the way, at least in what you're in what you're offering. You were it looks like you were teaching yoga and Pilates and different types of things for quite some time. And and now you're it's not that this is different, but you're you're putting more emphasis on teaching uh, Zen like Zen like subjects and 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 talking about peacefulness. Is that is that right? Yes. So when I created Peaceful Living, it was in 2018 and it was more of a passion project. At that point, I had been teaching yoga and Pilates and a little bit of meditation for over 15 years. And I started to notice working with clients that the part that was the most effective were those real life applications how they could take what they were learning into their lives. And so Peaceful Living for me was an opportunity to put together a website that was inviting, friendly, beautiful to come to, that had content that might inspire you to start bringing things into your daily life that would help you with stress management, help you sleep better, help you feel better in your body. And I was writing a blog once a week and still teaching outside of my home. And then, of course, the pandemic came to be (laughs) and we were all staying home. And lots of people that I knew personally had lost their connection to a yoga practice, to a Pilates practice, to a movement practice. And about six weeks into quarantine, I decided to get on Facebook and just start offering live yoga classes. And that was my community commitment. I didn't charge anything. I showed up three times a week and whoever joined in was able to take the class with me. And as our quarantine time stretched and it became, it felt more permanent than temporary. I decided to start recording the audio of the classes that I taught. And then I, my son who has Asperger's and lives here with me, he's wonderful with editing. And so we started filming and putting together videos. And I created this whole library of video content that people could do right from their home. And that's what the peaceful living library came to be so now my website is more of an opportunity for people to come get instruction and i have zen breaks on my website that are anywhere from two minutes to five minutes long that are meant for you to do between these zoom calls with everybody working at home working from their desks um, sitting in the carpool line to pick up children now Um, 
So I really just wanted tools that people could pluck and pick and take into their daily life. And that's what Peaceful Living has come to be. And I now write a monthly blog and still do some education and speaking about how to reduce stress, how to feel better, sleep better, and move better. Mm. Awesome. Well, it sure seems timely. I mean, we it, it seems like everyone's been affected by the changes and has increased stress in their lives. I mean, in this past couple of weeks, we're, we're recording this while the invasion of Ukraine is going on, you know, and I've had several conversations with people um, this past week about, you know, oh, I had, uh, oh, I was talking to someone just last night, you know, they had, their daughter just got COVID, his dad is sick, plus there's the war in Ukraine, you know, like all of these different things keep keep stacking up and, and, and creating stress in, in people's lives, you know? So yeah, it seems like a really timely, timely subject. I think so. I think stress is something that we all experience. And when you can incorporate practices daily that help you learn to identify what causes stress in your life, and then to start utilizing tools that will help decrease and help you manage those stress levels over time when these bigger stresses happen things that we have no control over we're not going to have such a huge stress response yeah you in our pre conversation our pre-interview conversation you mentioned making friends with stress was that a blog post that you did or that's yes that's my march blog post (laughs) and uh, so yeah i mean I think my MO for the last several years has been, uh, you know, that which we resist persists. So the more I resist something, the more, actually the worse it kind of gets, you know? (laughs) And uh, so I'm wondering if that's kind of what you're getting at with that blog post, like um, what's the point of making friends with stress and how, how is that helpful? I think most people think that stress is a bad thing that we're supposed to get rid of stress and have a stress-free life. And Mm -hmm. When you live in that place, it's it's a myth that's not attainable. So if you continue to think I shouldn't have stress and you still have stress, it's like you're failing, right? And moving from a place of failure that you're not doing something right causes more physical stress in your body. Right. So to get to know the things that cause you stress, just like if a neighbor were to move in next door, at first you would have no idea who this person is. Maybe they're making some loud noises at night and you're getting a little frustrated with them. The best thing to do is to walk out your front door, meet the person, get to know them, develop a relationship with them. So then you could say, hey, you know, during these hours at nighttime, they're my quiet hours. Do you mind helping me out? So you can take that same approach with stress um, to get to know it better, to get to know what your reactions are. And we have small stressors and larger stressors in our life. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that said, everyone's going to, everyone experiences stress for sure. And um, you also talk about being content and at ease. Like there, there is sort of a different way to, operate in this world, isn't there? Like there's a different way. We don't have to, some people I think use stress as a, and, and, and it's fine. Um, I suppose I do this too, but, um, yeah, I think some people use stress and drivenness as a, 
as a motivator, but there's kind of a different way to operate in this world, isn't there? Like you, you mentioned being content and at ease. Maybe you could just tell us a little bit about that. I will, but first I would like to speak to the um, comment that you just made about using stress as a motivator. Yeah, yeah. Stress definitely can be a good thing. It can motivate you, especially, you know, you have that job interview coming up, you have that big deadline coming up. That stress is going to keep you in action and keep you moving and keep you going so that you're your top quality performance. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, if you always operate in that state of going, going, going and using stress as your motivator, your body will get worn out. Your brain will get worn out. You will mm-hmm. get fatigued. You'll get sick. Um, your body can only sustain that momentum for short periods of time. So the content and at ease part, think of it as the softer side of living your life, um, the place that you build up your energy so then you can go out and be productive, be in action, and let that stress motivate you and drive you. But then you also have a way to come back, to settle down, to restore, to nourish, mm-hmm. to heal. Right, right. You talk about five minute Zen breaks. Is that that's probably part of the strategy, right? Is that, yeah, you know, when it's go time, go. Um, but once in a while, pause and take some breaks throughout the, the day, right? Absolutely. Um, another myth that I've run into throughout the years is that when people think about meditation, one, they get terrified, you know, sitting still and being quiet is not something that most people are comfortable with. Even children, if you ask them to sit still and be quiet, become more fidgety. Um, meditation doesn't have to be done in long batches of time. So if I were to ask someone to meditate and they had an idea that they had to sit still and be quiet for five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, they wouldn't approach it. It would be kind of like asking someone to run a marathon if they've never even run a mile, right? The the brain can't even conceptualize how to go about the process. Mm. So these Zen breaks, I'm giving constant guidance. I'm asking you to look for your breath. I'm asking you to bring your awareness to different parts of your body. So the brain has something to do and it's teaching the brain to keep coming back to what's occurring in that moment, rather than thinking about all of the things out there. I like that. That was a really helpful pointer to me years ago. Like I've been meditating for a long time and I find that I found that to be like the idea isn't to stop thinking it's our, our, our brains are going to keep thinking, keep coming up. The stream of consciousness is going to keep going, right? It's, It's the idea isn't to stop it. It's to, you can give the brain something else to do. And it sounds like that's what you're, you're teaching as well. You're redirecting. You're like the traffic cop of your thoughts, like not there here, not there here. Yeah. Yeah. When I first learned my first foray into meditation, because I have a Christian background, I, I, I um, encountered centering prayer and the, the example that the person teaching it gave was just sitting at the bottom of a river and instead of, and there's all this stuff floating by and instead of jumping on board with those things, just, just watch them, just, you know, watch them come, watch them go, but just don't, don't engage, you know? Yeah. One thing I guide at the end of my yoga class is um, 
to let your thoughts stream along like clouds in a clear blue sky. Mm. Just keep watching them. You can notice them, but you don't have to get sucked in by them. Yeah, yeah, nice. I haven't done much yoga, but that's often the most, (laughs) after stretching and moving and being uncomfortable, it's so nice to lay on the floor (laughs) and just have a time of meditation and and ease, right? (laughs) Yes, Um, and yin yoga, which is one of my favorite forms of yoga to teach, really does help the body prepare for meditation. So it opens up the lower body. So you'll have to try, I'll send you a class to try for your meditation practice. Okay, (laughs) nice, nice. So you, self-care is, uh, it's, it's a hot topic. It's kind of all the rage, you know? (laughs) Um, and I think that's a, a good thing. Um, and then one of the topics that you teach about is the art of peaceful living and nurturing you. I'm sure that that, that sounds very intriguing and, and wonderful. <laughs> uh, maybe you could tell us more about that. Sure. I just finished in February leading the Love Yourself Promise, and it was two weeks filled with events, classes, content really dedicated to self-love and self-care. And um, I think it is a hot topic, a buzzword right now. And these are practices that I've been doing for the last 20 years, just as a young mother and parenting, you know, all of the ages and stages, my children are now grown, but um, peaceful living is an art. It's something that you need to be intentional about that you start to bring tools into your life that are helpful. And those are different for everyone. The tools that worked for me, some of them may really speak to another person. Other tools may not be for that person at all. So to be curious and to investigate the things that help you find that sense of peace, maybe it's going for walks outside. Maybe you love to ride your bike. Maybe you're a runner. Um, Maybe you love to read. So finding those things that nourish the parts of you that help you restore your energy. I like that. Yeah. We're not all made the same, right? We have different ways of, of connecting. And if you've been doing this for a long time, I'm sure you've encountered that, you know, that, that people have different ways of, of connecting nature. Nature seems to be pretty well across the board, something that everybody kind of, but not everybody has the opportunity to get out in nature, but um, don't, don't you find that nature is something that is, is pretty common among a lot of people that that's, that's a way for them to connect. I think so. I think something about being in the outdoors, whether you love the winter season or spring, there's something in every season that speaks to being alive and to being grounded and rooted and connected to the earth. Being near water is very nourishing for the body. It supports your kidneys and your ability to be calm and peaceful. So when people talk about wanting to get to the beach, you know, sometimes it's just that sound of water and being near the water that can instill that sense of calm. And we can't take a beach vacation every time we need some peace in our life. So how could you create that in your own home, maybe getting a little fountain and putting that on your desk or a fountain out on your patio, having some water nearby that can help soothe you and calm you. 
one of my favorite things to do when the weather turns. We're here in Denver, Colorado, so we're getting to the place where it's almost time for us to be able to sit outside and we have a fountain outside and I'll sit and drink my tea or a glass of wine in the evening and watch the sunset. Um, so for me, nature really speaks deeply to my soul. And I think most people can think of one thing that they love either about a season or a feeling that they get when they're out in nature. Mm. So you seem really Zen yourself. <laughs> and I know like I've, I've sort of turned to these practices cause I, I tend to be a naturally sort of anxious person and, um, have dealt with depression and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very hard on myself. So I need to practice self-love and that sort of thing. Uh, what about you? Like, why did, is there a reason why you turned to these practices? Was it just quite natural for you or how, how has it helped you along the way? When people get to know me, they, they really can feel my peaceful energy. I think that's intuitive to who I am, yeah. but I too, I have been a perfectionist. I have been a go-getter, ambitious. Um, and then when I had children, that creates so much stress for a mother. Um, my ex-husband was in the military, so oh, I was wow. mostly a single parent. And that was when I really dove into these practices. It was more of a survival mm -hmm. um, technique. I had after I had my second son, I went on my very first silent yoga retreat. Um, he was about 18 months old. So I had weaned him and I had been doing my teacher training while I was pregnant with him. And there was a teacher, Sarah Powers, that I just resonated with. And she was leading a four-day silent retreat. And I had no idea what I was in for, but I thought four days of silence sounds really fantastic. You dove in deep really fast there. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I felt like I had to kind of go down to my roots, like how it all started. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think if I had known what I was in for, for a silent retreat, I probably wouldn't have signed up, but I had taken one yoga class with her and it felt amazing. And I thought, well, four days would feel super amazing. <laughs> What I didn't know is I was ripping the bandaid off of all of the things that caused me stress and anxiety that I wasn't really aware of in my daily life. So when you remove yourself from that stimulation um, and we couldn't have cell phones, they encouraged us not to even journal or read. We weren't supposed to try to escape our current state of being. And I woke up with night sweats. I had nightmares. I had fitful sleeps. Um, it, it was almost like a detox, you know, of, of its own right. Um, so at that point I realized like, I do have stress. I do have anxiety and I was just kind of managing. And until I was aware of it, I didn't know that I needed to have tools to help, help me feel better. Mm -hmm. And so then when I went back into my real life, <laughs> four days later, I started using my yin yoga practice. My youngest was not a good napper ever. So I would just get down on the floor when he was trying to take a nap. Maybe it was five minutes, 10 minutes, do a little bit of yoga, and then I would feel better. And then as they got older, 
we would do story time and our whole bedtime routine. And he still always had a hard time settling down at night. So then I would take longer stretches, a whole hour of a yoga practice on his bedroom floor, rather than me being frustrated with him coming out of his room and wanting my attention and wanting me close and not wanting to just lay there with him in his bed, you know, because that wasn't supporting his ability to be independently able to fall asleep. So I, I think I just found strategies to help me manage my own stress as I was navigating those early parenting years. Mm. It sounds like your experience would be really helpful to other young mothers. Have you <laughs> taught that to other young mothers along the way? I, I have in small ways, and it is a place that I would love to nourish, nourish and nurture that yeah. community. Um, Last year, when I led the Love Yourself Promise, it was in conjunction with a friend of mine who had a podcast called The Momhood Show, and she co-hosted it with another person. And so my whole community was mothers. And the Love Yourself Promise really originated to support mothers going through those early parenting phases. But then this year, I felt like all people need this. You know, I think men especially are looked at as having to be in action all of the time. You guys don't get the opportunity to feel like you can publicly take a break. Mm. And that has to be difficult. I don't know what it's like on, on your side of the fence. but Yeah, no, I feel it for sure. You know, it's like being busy is a badge of honor to some, some people, especially to people, even people that are, um, a little, you know, my father's age and stuff like that, they, you know, it's like, oh, you're busy. That's, that's great. You know, and it comes out in the conversation all the time. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that you called it a badge of honor because <laughs> that does, you know, it has a lot of weight, like for a human being to be walking through the earth all of the time, thinking being busy is my honor. Um, where does that make room for you to really take care of yourself and do the things for you that are nourishing and nurturing and healing mm -hmm. and to be able to feel invited to do that without thinking or someone else thinking that you're somehow relinquishing your badge, that you're not a strong person, whatever that badge might be saying about you. We all need need those downtimes. We can't all be on stage all of the time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and like you said earlier, it wears on you, right? Like it's, you can do it for a while, but it, it after a while, it, it leads to all kinds of things chemically in our bodies. And, and, uh, you know, we hear about burnout and, and, and all those, those kinds of things as well. But one of the topics that you talk about is peaceful living to relieve the pandemic stress we've all picked up on. And, um, and now, like I said earlier, we also have war going on in the world. Um, just as we just being mindful of our listeners bandwidth, I could talk to you for a long time, but uh, maybe we should head towards landing this thing. Um, maybe you could share with us some tips on on peaceful living and relieving the stress in our lives, because there is so much like we said repeatedly throughout this interview there's so much stress today and an extra level of that so yeah maybe you could share with us just a few tips as we wrap up how can we relieve not only pandemic stress but you know 
all the all the life stress that we all encounter. Sure. So a couple of tips that I always go to use a planner, use a way to empty your brain, put things down on paper so that you're not holding it inside all of the time. Uh, carve out time for yourself every day, even if that's one minute of quiet. Um, you could lay on your floor, put your legs up the wall, put on your favorite song and just let yourself decompress. Um, so pick one thing a day that you can do just to restore your energy and be consistent with it. Start with one minute if that's all that's doable and work your way up, but try to have it happen at the same time, around the same time every day. Um, and then practice what I'm calling digital peace. Make sure you're spending some time away from the screen and make sure you aren't replacing one screen with another screen. So just because you aren't texting on your cell phone, maybe you're shopping on your computer or now maybe you're watching a television show. So can you carve out five minutes a day where you're completely at digital peace? And that would be a great time when the grass is green, take off your shoes, walk out into your front yard, just be there for five minutes in nature. Um, and then connect to your breath. Breathing is an instant way to reset your mind. And that's why I made these Zen breaks. So even just right now, um, if you don't mind, just take an inhale through your nose and exhale all that air out. And then just notice your next breath that comes in and how deep it moves into your body. And then notice how you feel. Mm -hmm. I love connecting to my breath. Yeah, it makes an instant. It makes an instant it's change. Your face just even changed. It's like the breath <laughs> is always available, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always yeah. there. Yeah. Excellent. And I happen to be reading about breath a little bit more right now as well, and and trying some different practices. It's not something that's been a part of my practice. So, yeah. But all of those tips were. We're lovely, beautiful. So if people want to get in touch with you, it looks like your website's one of the best ways to do it. that's peacefulliving.com, right? Peacefulliving.com. And yeah. on the website, there is information about all of my classes and offerings. And I really am a hands-on person. So I give a personalized approach to anyone who wants to get started because it can be overwhelming to pick and choose where to begin. Um, your first class is always free, but I would love to invite your listeners to have a 30% off. So I will share that code with you. And Great. if you want to share it with your listeners, I would love to get, get out there and help people as much as I can. Yeah, will do. And it looks like there's a whole range of classes. Like you still do have some yoga and and that sort of thing as well, right? It's not- Yes, so I still teach yoga, Pilates and meditation. Those are my three pillars of um, a movement practice and mindfulness practice that I feel are applicable to all people. I too am a Christian and when I practice yoga, it's my way of finding myself closer to God where I can hear him because my brain isn't in the way so much, so. Nice, nice, great. Well, it's been great connecting with you and and having the chance to visit with you and yeah thank you for taking the time today and, and for sharing 
all of the different things that you're teaching and have learned and um and thank you for making a difference in the world i can tell that you're you're uh, i'm sure that you're helping a lot of people so thank you for doing that i so appreciate being a guest on your show i love your energy and as i've been listening over the last few weeks to your interview style i just really resonated with your tone and how you connect to people so thank you oh good thanks <laughs>